Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second attempt at this week's episode of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am the second attempt at one of your co-hosts, Michael, and I am joined by a man who has been called the second attempt at doing a podcast of Irish podcasting. It's Ben. Say hello, Ben. I am actually the 45th attempt at doing a podcast of Irish podcasting. I have fucked up many times and will fuck up many, many more. Um, yeah, we've had some te- technical difficulties today, Michael. Yeah, we um, have been. Yeah, we've, uh, well, Audacity's let us down. So first of all, big, big not shout out to the bloody company that makes Audacity. Although it is free software, so thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, look, they um, don't sponsor us, so there's not a lot we can do. Yeah, like it's not like they're going to listen to us, but still, um, yeah. So big shout out to them, and then big shout out to the people who make it difficult to sync up your mic settings properly. Um, yeah, so big shout out to to all to all teams involved. But look, what now a- everything is fine, and we're doing a podcast. Benjamin, yes. I have some news. You have news, possibly Ben. The reason that I am. That I made such a mess of recording that first part of the podcast there was mm. that I'm very tired, Ben, with jet lag because I've just come back from the United States of America. You've come back from that America. I have come back from that America. And as you know, um, I flew to America this weekend mm. so as I could watch on Freeform, I could watch Cloak and Dagger perfectly legally. Because we here at the Michael and Benjamins podcast do not support piracy in any form. Except classic piracy with eye patches and, you know, Jack Sparrow. And the, the occasional blue beard or scarlet beard or ginger beard, whatever yes. way you'd like to put it. Yeah, we, we support that type of piracy. But, Ben, so I've just flown back because I, I went over to America for the weekend to watch the two-hour season premiere or series premiere of Cloak and Dagger, Ben. I'm sorry, Michael, a two-hour season premiere? Mm. Jesus wept. What happened there? Well, it's two episodes. Oh. Yeah. That's not as big as I thought it was. No, no. It's it's probably not even two hours without ads. But of course, I was in America watching it on television. And tell, as you tell know, me. Ben, American television is plagued by advertisements. Oh, God. Vile things. Oh, um, so, so tell me, Michael, did you, did you see it in an IMAX format? No, Ben. We were no. spared the ignominy of having to watch it in IMAX like that. So rather than pace... Rather than pay 17 euro for it, you paid about 630 euro return. Yes, which I'm going to have to do again in a couple of weeks to see Bloody Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ben. Bloody, bloody, bloodiness. Bloody, bloodiness. (laughs) Look, Ben, let's talk about Cloak and Dagger. Let's do your famous segment, Ben. What even is Cloak and Dagger? What even is Cloak and Dagger? Cloak and Dagger are a pair of uh, runaway teenagers uh, in their kind of classic iteration. Um... One of the characters, the male character, I think it's Jerome. Is it Jerome? Tyrone. Tyrone, excuse me. Got that wrong. Um, he is the aforementioned cloak. And then his lovely female companion is the dagger to that. Um, they are called that in a famous reference to the pun on kind of secret spy mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. shenanigans, cloak yeah, and really. dagger shenanigans. Um, and he has a cape that allows him to access the Dark dimension or the shadow dimension or dark one of the dimensions. Dimen- dark thing. Thank one you of very the bad much. dimensions. Anyway, he's exceptionally powerful. I don't know how powerful he is in the series, but in the comics, he's exceptionally powerful. And they've actually used the dark force dimension to trap all kinds of characters uh, in the past. It has trapped Asgardians. It's trapped Green Goblins. It's trapped. Um, they use him as kind of. Uh, 
uh, a non-Geneva Convention adhering prison of <laughs> sorts. Um, and all it is is a mass of shadows and you get lost mm-hmm. in it. And there are creatures that live in the Dark Force dimension, but you can't see them because they're yeah, made of pure darkness. darkness. And then as a nice kind of foil to his character, mm-hmm. you have uh, Dagger, who is whose name I do not know. Could you help me out? Tandy Bowen? There we go. Thank you very much. Uh, and her power is that she can generate light in various uh, hard light constructs in various mm-hmm. forms. Uh, traditionally, that come in the form of a dagger. Yeah. She shapes them like daggers and she yeah, chucks for, them around. She chucks them around um, and sticks them in people. They're an interesting... Um, they're an interesting pair. Um, neither is a mutant. They're genetically altered. They're accidents, the, aren't they, Ben? Yeah, the clock. The, uh, the cloak. The clock. Uh, the cloak allows him to access the dark force dimension, and she has been genetically experimented on to allow her to construct life um, into various forms. Um, and the two of them. The two of them have bonded together over their outcast nature, um, oh, yes. and they they travel the length and breadth of that America. Um, and occasionally get uh, occasionally get embroiled in a fracas involving superheroes. Um, they're <laughs> an interesting pair. Uh, they do quite well comic book wise. They don't have their own title, but they're they're fan favorites of a sort. Of a sort. Um, and he is often used as a Deus Ex Machina character. They are. Um, they are where they can't figure. Go on, sorry. Go on. No, go on. No, no, go on. Um, you go on. Where they can't figure out, you know, how to deal with a superpowered foe. So they chuck him in the old dark force dimension. <laughs> they get Tyrone to pop in um, and and take care of it. They are Marvel's um, equivalent to Hawk and Dove. Yeah, exactly. So Ben, I saw oh, the TV. Hawk and Dove is a good, good, good call. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I saw I saw the TV show in America where I went because everything's legal. And it's all right. It, it, it's all. Is that all I get? It's all yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's all right. Uh, it's on Freeform, Ben. What, what in God's Freeform, name? Freeform is part of Disney. It used to be called ABC Family. Uh, but Freeform's target demographic, Ben, you'll like this, is Becomers. What the fuck is a Becomer, Michael? You're a Becomer, Ben. It's What? Yes, it's from from 14 to uh, 34. It is what? Pe- it is people who are becoming. People who are not yet what they are but they are becoming what they are. Oh, that's y- a pile of bollocks. So young people who are motivated and developing in the world. I, I, I wish I'd that's written a, this down. But that's, that's a that, pile of bollocks. That, no, Ben, that is exactly what a becomer like you would say. What do you mean? That's, what, what do you mean that's exactly what a, a becomer like because me would say? Because you're not fully formed yet. How ah, would you get <laughs> fucked? What you're, the fuck would they know? <laughs> you are becoming, you're becoming nah. your best self. Nah, I call bollocks. That's look, Ben. That's what Disney's marketing say, not I. So Disney, Disney's marketing go fuck itself. Ben, calm down, Ben. No, look, I don't like if, that. If I'm you don't calm down, if you don't calm down, you're never going to become your true oh, self. Oh, you little shit! <laughs> I'm bigger than you. You little shit. Well, right now <laughs> you're acting like an awful little shit. Hold on, hold on. Hold um, on. I'll read the thing for you. Go on. Um, no, I won't. I'm, I'm not gonna. Uh, hold on. They're committed to this life stage. Oh, no, that's wrong. Sorry. Becomers are exploring and establishing who they are becoming personally, professionally, and romantically. Oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) Shut up, Ben. Well, hold on. Ben is exploring and establishing (laughs) who he is becoming personally, professionally, and romantically. He lives in that magical and messy place between his first kiss and his first kid. 
Are you fucking shit? That magical messy but Hang on. Look, Hang ben, on. Look how magically messy you There is a world of difference between your first fucking kiss and your first fucking child. Yeah, that, but that's where holy, you live. You're holy, holy shit. You're, you're becoming, Ben. No, that's so anyway, complete bollocks. That's the target market of Cloak and Dagger. Well, they go fuck themselves. <laughs> ben, calm down. Your eyebrows no. are going to strain themselves. No, fuck them. <laughs> Lower those eyebrows. She can't. No, they're staying up. Um, this is so, an outrage. This is an outrage. So that's the target of Cloak and Dagger, Ben. And you'll notice that I am not in that target. No, because you're 35. I'm 30. Yes, I am. So I just about avoided it. You just about avoided becoming something. Yes, and I still um, had my first kiss. <laughs> or your first child although the yeah. cats might count for something no um no no so benjamin look this is much more slickly produced than okay. than that abomination that was marvel's inhumans the inhumans and it's closer in production value to the netflix jobs i would say okay okay that's cool but very much in that becomer i really like that phrase it's really much very much in that becomer's demographic I fucking I mean, hate that Ben it's it's a bit on the nose in places um, I would say it is yeah Tyrone's backstory involves spoilers for the first four and a half minutes involves his innocent black teen brother being shot by a white cop oh for god's sake are you saying that because you hate people being shot uh, yes <laughs> I'm also tired of tropes that have been done to death um, and I also dislike the idea that the only thing that can motivate a black character is some form of tragedy at the form of police or authority well um, I mean, the black character and the white character both have a tragedy her her father her father who is a workaholic and possibly a bit dodgy crashes a car into the sea and dies with her in the back well, what is that black people get their family members shot by police and white characters have their parents die in car crashes what is that that's actually pretty common isn't it yeah um, it's fucking very common bloody uh, tony stark and uh, tony stark's parents were done away in the same way admittedly it was a, a manipulated actually. accident but there seems to be a real trope of well they were driving down a dark road and then they crashed yeah, and that was, pretty much that was the end of them and then almost always about mid-season or mid-movie you find out well we told you they died in a car crash but it, it wasn't a car crash well we actually see um, the car crash in this case so i think that, i don't think there's going to be a twist no, it's a, it's a pretty solid car crash. It's a it? pretty solid car crash into the ocean. Anyway, Ben, uh, fair enough. there's not a lot of cloaking and daggering going on so far. We're two hours in. It's very much a character study about teens in America. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I do like um, the fact that I do like the fact that he's rich and she's poor. I think oh, is that a, is that a thing? Is that how we're working it? Yeah, that's a nice little twist. Okay, he comes okay, from a wealthy behind. middle class family. I can get behind uh, that. And she is a street rat. But she's, you know, she's your typical Hollywood street rat, a very attractive blonde girl who's sometimes yeah, a little who, tiny bit dirty. Oh, um, a little bit of scruff, but it's well-placed scruff that kind yeah. of accentuates cheekbones. Contour she, scruff. She scrubs up well for when she's doing a graft or a con. Oh, excellent. Contour scruffing. But look, um, excellent. I think it, there's potential for it to be not bad. Is, is it going to be romantic or is it going to be oh, sibling-like? Yeah, no, it's, no, it's romantic, for sure. Okay, romantic. that's, is, that's is one it? of the interesting things about the Cloak and Director characters. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's like her older brother. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're a couple. It's all very murky. No, they're definitely going to be a couple. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a romance. Okay. Um, we're, we're, it's, we're fixing to get the ride. Good yeah, man, Tyrone. Yeah, get yeah, that yeah. leg over. Yeah, it's, uh, one, one thing that's interesting about it is how um, old she's playing it and how young he's playing it. They're supposed to be roughly the same age. But he mm. is very much in high school. Well, see, high he school has stuff. He, 
he has the naivete of a, of a middle class background and she exactly. has the hard graft and experience of a street urchin that's that's the thing exactly mm. and her mother is a drug addict and everything it, oh know, classic it is not horrible Beb alright alright so should horrible. I give it a watch Um, I don't think you'll like it did you like Runaways no not particularly it's even more teen drama than Runaways I actually went back to the Runaways comic recently and found it quite difficult to read yeah it's not um, great yeah, I went back to it recently, and, and no, it's not great at all. Very, yeah. very Whedon. Even though you are very much the target demographic of Cloak and Dagger, I well, don't I'm think... Well, I'm apparently a fucking becomer, am I? You're a becomer. Look, you're becoming angry, aren't you? That's one I thing fucking, you Well, good job fucking done, Disney. <laughs> ben, in other TV news... Uh, well, look, we're going to have to stop the podcast here, because I want to go off and get my first fucking kiss or first child, because apparently those two things are very closely related. No, they're, you're between them. Between are you sure them? my first that's kiss doesn't give me my first child? Are you no, sure that's not what Disney's trying to explain them. to people? You're between them, Ben. That makes that's what makes you a becomer. No, Look, it's a fucking, it's a fucking try and bollocks. become. What ten-year-old is getting their first kiss? No ten-year-old. It's fourteen. Disgusting bastards, Ben. Try and become more calm. No, fuck it. <laughs> fuck them all. Podcast Jesus is over. Christ, I'm done. Um, anyway, Ben, let's move on from your tirade of uh, vulgarity <laughs> and uh, talk about The Walking Dead. <laughs> Podcasting gold. Uh, Podcasting ben, gold. Uh, yeah. I think um, I think when people talk about The Walking Dead, this is the most important question. What's the when, most important question? This is the question that people ask each other, and our our mutual friend Glenn asked me this the other day. Actually, uh, when did you lose interest in The Walking Dead? Uh, I made it to season three and gave up. Very good. Because um, the big news now is uh, Rick Rick Grimes. Who's actually an Englishman? Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln, the Englishman from Love Actually, uh, will be leaving. Will be leaving the series after season nine. What? Yeah, I know. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff altogether. Do we care, Michael? Oh well, I certainly don't, Ben. Um, uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. It. I still read the comics religiously. Well, not religiously. I don't have a little mat that I put down and. And yes, you do, Michael. Rich, We've all seen the tiny room when it's pointed towards uh, Image Comics headquarters, which is where, um, which is Northwestern In- Image Comics headquarters. You have to pray facing Image. <laughs> it's a really common thing. Yeah, Ben. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't really care. I, I, I haven't watched a lot of Walking Dead. I think it's so diverged from the comics that it's, it's not really yeah. a comic-based series anymore. Anyway, it's just. Um, a, yep. It's just a dull drama. Daryl is to. Um, Take over as lead actor, yeah. Daryl Hammond. Um, uh, are you sure? Daryl Dixon. Daryl, sorry, Daryl Dixon, and what's it? Norman Reedus. Sorry, Norman Reedus is the actor. Daryl <laughs> Hammond. Is not did you get Daryl Hammond? Is that Daryl? Did you try and masculinize Daryl Hannah? Is that what's going on? There? I, I don't know what's happening there. I would be interested to see Daryl Hannah take over from Rick Grimes. That would that be, would be very good with the um, patch I'd, and everything. I would. I would actually watch again. Um, I'm trying to find out who Daryl Hammond is now. I think um, it's a combination of Daryl Hannah. Uh, 90s heartthrob Daryl Hannah and ah. Richard Hammond from Top Gear. No, Daryl Hammond is actually um, uh, an SNL impersonator. Oh, um, And he is famous for his Donald Trump impersonation at the moment. Oh, no, but SNL like um, using Alec Baldwin for that. 
not Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin. But occasionally they allow Daryl Hammond to, to come in and do it as well. Yeah. So that's that's why he's famous and that's why I know who he is. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it matters um, that Andrew Lincoln is leaving. I can't blame him. I'd say it's a bloody exhausting time just going back to that and, and having the same reactions over and over. The yeah, no, more important yeah, go on. question is, obviously, uh, do you think they're going to kill him by zombie? I don't think so. I think they're going to leave it open for him to come back. Oh, in case he renegotiates the deal. And yeah, that's my my guess. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, he's kind of lost all the links to the group now, hasn't he? He's he's because yeah. his son bloody kicked the bucket last season, didn't he? Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers, not spoilers. Come on. Um, uh, spoilers for a show that no one cares about. Um, but yeah, so his car, Carl, Carl. He's his gone. son auditioned to play Spider-Man. Did you know? Uh, I'm glad he didn't get that. I find that not, actor very irritating. Not Carl Grimes, the character. He no, he, no. I would imagine the acting is sparse around that end of the world. Yeah. Um, I don't like that actor. I don't think he's very good, so I'm glad no. he didn't get that. Leave him alone, Ben. Um, no, I just don't think he's a very good actor. End of discussion. Let's um, move on to the next section then, Ben. Would you say that? Um, would you say that Carl uh, is a is a becomer, Michael? Would you? Yeah, well, he is. I wouldn't say it. Uh, Disney Freeform would. Did they have becomers in a fucking zombie apocalypse? Do you think? All right, Ben, calm down. Somewhere, try, somewhere try between and, your first zombie beheading and your second apocalypse child, try and that beco- is a becomer. Try and become more. Um, try and become more. What's the word I'm looking for? Reflective on this, Ben. And no, you can go fuck yourself, you Disney <laughs> corporate stooge. <laughs> go fuck yourself. I've never been called a corporate stooge before. That's you so Disney, fun. you Disney corporate stooge. You fucking, you fucking All adopter. All right, Ben. All right, you, Ben. He's you off linguistic of mal shaper. <laughs> go fuck let's, yourself. Let's move on, Ben. Like, move on to something. Um, like Ben, like waves on the shore, like the tides, Ben, like the inevitable. Sunrise and sunset, the the three big summer blockbusters of the year have come and gone. Hmm. <laughs> All right, do you want to take a little break? Have a little no. glass of water or something? I'm, f- I'm fucking um, fine. The three the three big summer blockbusters, Ben, this year were supposed to be Infinity War, yeah, which, uh, as you know, is going to pass two billion at the box office this week. Whoop, whoop. Um, Deadpool two, great, and, and Solo. So low. Yeah, Ben, like the box office takings. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Very good. Title word play. Yeah. Um so now that the three the three kind of juggernauts of the year have gone, the the tide has receded back out to the ocean, Ben, and they have left the the beach sparkling and moist and bejeweled with smaller tidbits for us to look at. And ready to be frolicked in by Daryl Hannah in mermaid form. Wonderful. Yes. Daryl Hammond. Uh, so, so what? What have we got? <laughs> what have we? What have we got lined up? We've got some trailers, Ben. Have you seen well, some well, trailers? I've I've seen some trailers, but what trailers have you seen, Michael? Ben, the first one that I saw. Well, not the first one I saw. Uh, I've done this uh, back to front because the most recent one I've seen is Predator. Predator. The Predator. The Predator. Yes. Yes. What do we think? I haven't look seen at, it, look, unfortunately. Um, so here's the deal, right, Ben? Yeah. Um, they revealed a lot more about the plot in this one. Whoop whoop. It looks like the blonde man, whoever he is, the actor, mm. is is it the guy from Altered Carbonate? Altered uh, Carbonate? Joel Kinnaman. Is it him? Is no, it is it a him. derivative version of, of leading man number six? Yeah, it's the the blonde uh, man. The blonde um, man is a sniper, yeah, sure. an, a military sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
not a sniper like my friend Dave, who used to come in just when you were going to try and talk to a young lady and talk to her first. Oh, not that kind of sniper. Sneaky cock sniper. Yeah, oh, Ben. That's what they are. <laughs> cock snipers are a real you're, problem. You're becoming very vulgar, Ben. Yeah, well, apparently my fucking, <laughs> given the fucking range of ages that I can go between and experience. So anyway, right, here we go. Uh, the sniper man, he is sent to investigate a, a crash, and it turns out that it's a predator, and the predator kills his whole squad, as you would oh, expect. No. Yeah, he's like... Oh, no. He's like, over here. And they go, over where? And he goes, over here. And then he kills them. Um, but when he goes back, Ben, nobody believes him. Ah, classic. So he gets sent on a bus... To the loony bin. Ooh. Can we say loony bin still, or is that... Uh, it's probably politically incorrect, but to the as a becomer, house. I've decided to adopt it and go backwards. <laughs> Going to become so, a 90s era throwback. Oh, God. So he uh, he gets, he's on the bus to the loony bin, the loony bus, and the bus, <laughs> which is full of other loony criminals, gets yes. attacked by a predator, Ben. What? Your classic so predator. What? And the interesting thing is we see the classic predator full face, full mandibles going ah in like the first 25 seconds of the video, of the trailer. Excellent. But then, Ben, here's the twist. Uh, as the... Very yeah, good. Sorry. I felt like, felt like adding that in there. Over full here. mandibles. Over full here. mandibles. Over here. Over here. So um, as the predator is trying to kill Joel Kinnaman, who it isn't, uh, he gets attacked, Ben... By another, even more bigger predator. Mmm, a super predator. Uh, some sort of hybrid predator. And ah, there, oh. there, therein lies the most oh. exciting, but also the most disappointing part of the yeah. trailer. Because when you see it, Ben, you, when you see this bigger, the even more bigger predator attacking the normal predator, it looks cool and all, but almost immediately you're left with the feeling of, hmm, haven't we, haven't we seen this before? A million times? Well, not necessarily a million times, but there was bigger. There was more bigger predators, at least in Alien vs. Predator 2. Because we had a, an alien-predator hybrid. Yeah, and there was now even... Now Chestburster got on in. Yeah, there was even more bigger predators in Predators. They were very big. They were, they were ancient predators. Pre- ancient prejudices. Ancient prejudices, yes. Each so, predator represents an old-style racism or sexism. <laughs> and they go around and they besmirch people with those... Ancient prejudices. Ancient prejudices. Um, so then... then Here's the thing, though, Ben. It's, it's, a, it's a Shane Black, this one. Do you know who Shane Black is? Yeah, Shane Black is a bloody lethal weapon, Iron Man 3, direct and son of a gun. Yeah, a exactly. great movie out two years ago called The, the Other Guys. Or yeah, the good the, guys, or the good guys. Yeah, I think it's the other guys. Might have been the no, other guys. No, it's the good guys. The I other don't guys. Think, the other guys was Marky no. Mark and oh, Will Marky Farrell. Mark and Will Ferrell. Uh, ben, you actually said this. You made a little mistake in the video a couple of weeks ago, and I had to check check it in the video and put up a picture of the good guy, the nice guys. The nice guys. That's what it is. I had to put up a picture of the nice guys, even though you repeatedly said the other guys. Oh, did I? Yeah, oh, it doesn't matter. It is, it is the nice guys. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah Shane Black. He's a decent old director. I'd be interested to see what he does with it. And Ben famously enjoys a twist. What a twist. Yeah, he because does. Because we are, as you would say, living in the era of the, the trailer which lies. The deceptive trailer. Yes, very good. Trailer, deceptive trailers, promos in disguise. Yeah, smooth. Smooth as butter. <laughs> smooth as butter there. Got it. Got it speaking, in one. Speaking of Decepticons, <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. 
Go on, do your, do your little lead in there. Deceptive. No, I can't. I'm not in it anymore. Promos in disguise. Yeah, we'll have that in there. But uh, yeah, bloody, bloody. Speaking of Decepticons or lack thereof, there was another yeah. new trailer for a bloody for a bloody Transformers franchise. Bumblebee trailer dropped this week, Michael. That's very true, Ben. Yeah, looks interesting. Looks like a complete tonal shift. In, if you in, ask me, a tonal shift from Predator. Uh, a total shift from Predator, but also from the previous franchises. What would you say mm, jumps out at you when you think of the original Transformers, the Bayverse Transformers? Um, how awful they are! Yeah, one. D- give me, give me more, because you're, a, you're, you. I think, and I know you object to me when I call you an avid fan of something, but you're, yeah. you're a, you're an up-to-date fan ben, of the I'm Transformers. A, I'm a pretty big Transformers fan. Look, I'll show in, you here in the comic them. books, for example. I read the comic books. Uh, I collect the toys. But mm. I even have some of the movie figures, Ben. I'll show you. Here's movie Bumblebee, actually. I'm going to have Go to on. stick this in the video now. Guys, now um, look gonna, at that. I'm going to cause a landslide. Oh, no. Oh, no. Transformers the tiny, landslide. The tiny there's, room, the tiny room is there's dying. Actually, there's actually a Transformer called landslide. There's movie Bumblebee from the original, from the original movies. Oh, look, there he is. There yeah, he is. He's a Camaro. Ben. He's a movies, Camaro. Yeah, isn't he? Chevy Camaro. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the Keep movies, going. The movies, Ben, are no good. Why? Because, tell me more. Well, tell me look? why. Tell me where do we start? Um, visually, the Transformers are pretty much indistinguishable. You've got Optimus Prime, who's a big mm. blue truck. Yep. You've got Bumblebee, who's a yellow car. And then all, all of the rest of them are basically angular masses of shiny metal. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no character design in them. They just, they're scrap metal that moves around. Exactly. And their characters, their, their personalities, they're not really personalities, Ben, are they as such, so much as just What personalities, Michael? <laughs> well, some of, them, some of them are stereotypes. You had Drift in the last one. Was he, uh, was he, a, was he, a, was he a black man? No, he was stereotype. Japanese. Oh, he was a, Jap- a Japanese stereotype. Yeah, so he had a Did- sword and he went, oh... We have did, to stop the Decepticons. Did he bow a lot? He did bow Optimus a lot. Uh, yeah. He turned into a Japanese car. I don't think he even turned into a Japanese car, interestingly enough. He turned into a Bugatti. A Bugatti. Oh, that's weird. not that's um, not totally accurate. That's not in Optimus Prime, Ben. Optimus Prime is one of the worst characters in modern tr- post-pop culture history. In that he's, he's kind of a righteous shepherd type character, but is boring as dirt as a result. He's very righteous. He's very violent he is incredibly aggressive and uh, uncompromising yeah i think uh, he's terrible oh he's awful yeah. he the the he says things like freedom is the right of all sentient beings which is a throwback to the original series but then he also grabs the decepticon and says give me your face and then rips his face off oh i thought he kissed him the way you described no that. no he just rips his face off so yeah then oh. a lot of people don't like the transformers films and i am one of them I'm, I would be right there with you. I think they're weird. They're sexist. They're misogynistic. They have mm-hmm. pedophile undertones occasionally. I think it's yeah. bloody, bloody weird. I think it's time for a, a reboot, which is very fortunate because this trailer is completely different, Michael. It, lo- it does uh, look quite different. Miss, Miss Haley Steinfeld is going to uh, take over the lead role from a Mr. From a Mr. Sam Witwicky, from a Mr. Mm-hmm. Bloody Shia LaBeouf. Um, there, is no, there are no hot pants leaning over cars in this one, Michael, which I'm actually completely okay with. There's no yep. Rosie Huntington's slinking around uh, mm. anywhere in this particular one. Um, what there is is a coming-of-age story. What is a little bit unusual, Michael, is that they seem to be referencing 
the mm-hmm. first uh, one of the things that really jumped out to me is the quote at the beginning of the trailer, which is Bernie Mac, the late Bernie Mac, um, giving his salesman spiel to Sam Witwicky, where he says yeah. it's a mystic bond between man and machine. And they have this, but they have it in reverb and, and echo. They have dramatic music playing. And dramatic over. music. And it's, you know, it's like dun, dun. And it's this big epic moment. But that was a comedy scene yeah. in the original trilogy, Michael. So it's, I couldn't figure out why they included that. It's very peculiar, all right. It's very it, strange. It, I mean, if Bernie Mac wasn't dead, Ben, they would not be playing his speech. In Absolutely not. Stuff. They're cashing in on a man's death, which, first of all, boo. Yeah. Um, but second of all, it doesn't fit the overall thing. I, I did have immediate um, rings of, of Herbie Hits the Gym. That was my original response to this trailer. Um, yes. can I interrupt oh. you there for a second? Go it's on. Very you, interesting that you can, said Michael. that. It's very interesting that you said that. Why did you th- did you think of Herbie Hits the Gym? Um, because he's a Volkswagen Beetle in this iteration. Uh-huh. Um, he's, he is not the Camaro that I have come to know and uh, assim- uh, associate with slow motion carnage. <laughs> Hopefully there's no slow motion carnage in this one. It's interesting you say that, Ben, because the original Bumblebee, uh, 1984 Bumblebee, was mm-hmm. a Beetle. Oh, we should probably point out for American listeners that a beetle is what a bug is called in Europe. They call it a bug, do they? They call it a Volkswagen bug, a VW bug. Um, is beetle too specific for them? I, I think so. Like, what's a beetle? Um, do you buy a beetle between your first kiss and your first child? Yes, it's a real becomer's car, to be honest. So it's a becomer's car. <laughs> um, it's, this is a story about <laughs> Haley Steinfeld becoming a woman. Um, oh. So... Be- Be- Bumblebee was was a beetle. He was actually a super deformed beetle. What's a super deformed beetle? It's a Japanese thing, Ben. It's a, he's a, he was a cute beetle, a little oh. squished up beetle. But oh. it, he's always he was always a beetle. And he was going to be a beetle in okay. in the original, in the, 19, the 2007 films. But there are two factors which mm-hmm. became important. Factor one was Volkswagen themselves for a long time refused to be associated with transformers because why? of their that sounded like a genuine why ben well done <laughs> because of their association with with war and nazis and ah and, you probably wouldn't want that in a bunch of robots going but, around would exactly you? so they always kind of wanted to be disassociated from war toys but now mm. they seem to be okay with it especially after the scandal and stuff of volkswagen from the last few and years. hit and hitler famously tried to make super soldiers out of beetle cars no, I think you've become confused there. Oh, have I? Yeah. I is that so. not is that inaccurate? Although that would be a good comic, wouldn't it? Such a classic becomer thing to say, I suppose. <laughs> Just rewrite sec- history to my own ends, huh? The second what a thing becomer. is, when they were proposing uh, the the Michael Bay movies, uh, someone, probably Michael Bay, said that if he was a Beatle, uh, it would remind people too much of Herbie. Oh. And so I seem to have proven that point somewhat, have I? By, by automatically associating it. You see, for me, um, the, the Herbie franchise is, first of all, very out of date. But secondly, the one that I associate it most strongly with is, is a Lindsay Lohan yes, um, vehicle. <laughs> Get it. Uh, from 2001, 2002, in and around there. Um, something like that, yeah. Something like that. In the early 2000s, anyway. We'll, we'll mark it down to that. Um, 
And uh, for me, it was very reminiscent of that because it, it's very tonally different. It's very much about a girl and her car. And it seems like much more of a, a coming of age story, as you said, Michael. Um, mm. What I really like about it is he actually suits the Beetle car much better. And it's actually incorporated into his robotic humanoid See, form. That's the thing, Ben. That's, that's the definition of Transformers. It should, you should always be able to tell what they turn into. Yeah, and I, I think that was quite cool um, in this one where he seems to have a lot more character. He still can't talk. Yeah, I'm not a big um, fan of that, to be honest. Um, which leads to a rather unusual um, Rickroll moment where she plays Rickroll on a cassette tape. That song isn't actually called Rickroll. Uh, oh, it has a Rickroll moment, I said. <laughs> uh, and then what I should have said was that she plays Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. No, never right. gonna let you down which, which again go on. screams to me that hollywood just doesn't know how to make a pop culture reference to save its fucking life well unless they're deadpool unless they're well but hang on deadpool is an exception to most hollywood rules yeah I think, that's true at this point um but yeah i'm i'm cautiously optimistic for this one michael i think the action looks good i think mm-hmm. the animation looks great the character designs on point and it's about time i didn't have to look at a bunch of slow motion metal things humping each other and trying to get off with teenage girls yeah it's good i think there's a lot of positive things about it Haley steinfeld i think is one of the most positive because she's a very sexy very attractive lady but not in a horrific exploitative michael bay objectified kind of style yeah there's no yeah. hot pants there's no leaning over remember the whole thing i think we talked about this on the podcast before ben michael bay writer and director of the first transformers movie cast megan fox in his mm. movie and called yeah. her Michaela Baines. That's so strange. It's not strange. It's weird. It's oh, their synonyms. It is strange, Ben. You're right. <laughs> it's horrific. But it looks like they've avoided that this time by casting a, a nice normal lady who's still a attractive. Nice normal lady who's still attractive because you don't have to wear hot pants to be attractive. Yeah, you don't have you, to you lean just have over. To be things. attractive. Yeah. Um, also, here's yes. another good thing. Um, Starscream is back, and he looks like Starscream. Oh wait, hang on. Is so there is a Decepticon in the trailer there, there somewhere. A, yeah. I didn't see it. I, I he's couldn't. a jet. He's oh, he's a jet. He's a jet. It's a, it's a star scream. Yeah. Do you reckon that his design will equally reflect the car to which he transforms? Well, he turns into a jet. The vehicle to which he transforms. <laughs> um, That's what I said, Michael. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's set in the eighties, and the original Star Scream was an F fifteen Eagle fighter jet, but this Star Scream looks like he's going to be an F four Phantom jet. I don't know why they've changed it. But he's the right colours and shape. Do you think he'll be do you think he'll have a holographic projection of Tom Cruise piloting him? That would be amazing. But Tom that, Cruise flew an F fourteen, not an F fifteen. Ah well then it's it's impossible. Then that's Navy that's Navy and and Air Force, I mean. You're right. In a movie featuring transforming giant robots, <laughs> you do want as much you do want as little anachronistic references as possible. Exactly. Um, so, look, Ben, I've been speaking to Transformers fans about this. And the the mood, because some of my friends are Transformers fans, the mood is generally cautiously optimistic. Yay! I think it's time um, for a tonal reboot. I think it looks good. Um, I, I think it'll bring a new generation of younger people into the Transformers franchise. We're too. kind of hoping that it's going to be an X-Men first class-esque soft reboot. A because, prequel. You know, it, it is a prequel. Well, it is a prequel, uh, unfortunately. But we're hoping it's going to be a soft reboot that is going to do well. Yeah. That it's going to be like an E.T.-esque uh, 
girl and her alien friend story. It, it, it's very much, it, it does very much have that overtone. Um, what's interesting to me is... Go on. That would mean that the government was well aware of Decepticons and Autobots before the Bayverse. Yeah, um, like it doesn't make any sense. So no, so hopefully it's a it's a it's a rewriting of the timeline. Yeah. Um, speaking of timelines, Ben. Yes. What, Smooth. What you, yeah, thank Smooth you. as silk. Speaking of multiple universes and timelines, Ben. Uh, Spider Man. Well, this week you were very excited about uh, the new Transformers trailer, Michael. But I nearly oh, lost my shit uh, over the new Spider Man yeah. trailer, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. You um, lost your shit earlier when you found out which you were is, a becomer. Fucking becomer. The fuck out of here with that shit. Um, I suppose Miles Morales is very much a becomer. Yeah. Um, and this is possibly Sony Pictures' attempt at, at engaging the becomer fucking demographic. Um, and I think it, it represents those quite well. Interestingly enough, becomers may become a, an interesting point for me to talk about this on. It's an animated movie, which sets it as a big departure from most Spider-Man movies that we've come across. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very much animated. Um, it has a super funky graphic, frenetic kind of style that I really really like. Um, uh, it looks really really cool. It's really vibrant and it's kind of a cool comic hybrid of um, animation, which I really like looking at. It's got sharp colors, violent kind of neon colors that jump in for the action and stuff like that. And the character design looks fairly magnificent. Um, they've distinguished... So the, the interesting thing about this, since we speak about timelines, first of all... Uh, well, hold, on, the narr- hold on. To the, to the point there about your um, about the, the, the look of it. Yes. Uh, interestingly, I think, um, several people I know mistook it for a video game. Well, it does have that. It, it very much has that element to it. I it, think I, it I, has that kind com- of freneticism. Yeah, it it it's yeah. It very much reference. It looks like a video game, um, and the action is very video gamey, but in a great kind of way. I think it's very clean. Well, um, video game graphics have come along so much yeah. now that it looks like a video game used to be an insult. Yeah, but now yeah. it's pretty decent given that they spend billions of dollars on one cutscene. Um, but like for me, one of the fascinating like I found it quite difficult to watch the first time, and I thought oh, I don't know, and then I watched it again. And it actually moves quite beautifully between action, which is kind of... Uh, they almost skip frames. It's at a, a lower frame rate, so the action seems very sharp. I wonder if and that's, then, maybe the animation isn't finished. Yeah, I It could be that, but I think it's playing into the style, like the impacts and stuff like that. Because then they have perfect frame rates for... For certain sequences, for example, one of the one of the real jump out moments of the trailer for me is when Miles Morales uh, launches himself off a building and kind of plummets into the New York skyline uh, upside down in a slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of mm-hmm. a beautiful composition. Um, it's very very cool. Um, but I think more interestingly than that is Miles Morales himself. So as you know, Michael, Miles Morales is not yes, the man. original Spider Man. No, um, Peter Parker. He is, uh, yeah, it's Peter Parker is the original thing. And more interestingly, the trailer is narrated by Miles Morales and he directly references the fact that there is more than one dimension. He says, in your dimension, there's one Spider-Man. Ours is different. And so that's really interesting to me. So he seems hyper aware of inhabiting a different universe. But anyway, what's more interesting is Miles Morales is um, Afro-American. He is uh, black Latino. Okay. I think he might be just black in this particular incarnation. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, get rid of those Latinos. But he's that's the too no, much. no. That's not the tone we're taking with this, Michael. Okay, good. Um, but it's interesting. I think people are definitely learning the lessons from from a Black Panther or a Get Out. 
um, and we're really pushing those characters to the fore now. Um, it's kind of cool to see him um, brought in. He's voiced by uh, oh, I'm going to get this wrong again. Donald Glover. Um, sorry, Donald Glover. It's not Donald Glover. Donald Glover would be a great choice for it, but it's not him. Um, it's Rami Moore. Rami Rami Moore. Um, never, never heard of him. He pops up all over the place in Netflix series. He was in uh, he was in a Netflix series. He's starting a couple of things here and there. No major movies yet, mm-hmm. um, but I think he has a nice voice for it. He sounds like a teenager. He's not a teenager. He's about twenty three odd. Um, he's not a teenager, teenager, but he he sounds very like a teenager. I like it. Um, I like the tone they're taking. His father is a police officer. I think there's some interesting commentary um, there. Uh, and I think that's really cool. Like um, well, there are lots of moments where, um, first of all, his father is vehemently against Spider-Man because he feels like he undermines the police force and kind of overshadows a lot of the good work that they do, which like is an Captain interesting... Uh, yeah, exactly. But kind of, he's a more of a beat cop. He doesn't seem to be a lieutenant. He's a mm-hmm. he's a, an on-the-street beat cop in New York. Um, but he's black, and I'm not going to do a black guy voice because that's, that's just not appropriate. Um... But yeah, he does that and then he drops his son to school quite a bit. Um, his son is very embarrassed about being seen in the back of a cop car. When his friends see him, they say, yo, did you get arrested? Like it's a whole thing. Oh, um, okay. Because that's that's the topic in America right now. You know? Is um, Miles Morales' de- dad in the comics traditionally dead? Uh, I think it's alive. I think it's a traditional Uncle Ben move. Um, okay. what, I, what I would be very surprised to see here and what I'm not I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's mm-hmm. going to go but I think I think maybe we might see a papa kick the bucket by the end yeah um, that surprise me by the end of the film I hope not um but um I like a couple of things about it the voice acting is great all around Jake Johnson have, of New Girl fame is, is going to be our Peter Parker is he the one who's doing the older Peter Parker yeah he's the older Peter schlubby schlubby Parker that's um, interesting Spider-Man ben, wearing sweatpants that was one of the that was one of the things that jarred me in the trailer a little bit because mm. for me the voice of Spider-Man will always be the guy who did the voice in the 90s and I have no idea who that was 90s Spider-Man 90s yeah. Spider-Man voice will always be the voice of Spider-Man he was Spider-Man in the animated series and the Capcom video games and stuff so so you can't remove must... you you can't remove yourself from him this must be how it feels for Batman fans when Kevin Conroy isn't the voice of Batman Oh God, it hurts when Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. <laughs> I struggle with it so much. Yeah, it's no, it's no good. It's um, not right. So Jake Johnson is an interesting choice because mm. he, he does it well, though. He's an awkward loser. He's an awkward loser in this as well. They're in a diner and um, they're eating together, and he turns around to Miles Morales and he said, "You've got money, right? I'm not really liquid right now." <laughs> and Jake or Miles Morales has to pay for his food. So I but think he's, he's the very, adult. Yeah, I think he's very schlubby though, and he also mm. trains him in sweatpants. There's Spider-Man with a Spider-Man costume on top and sweatpants on bottom. Um, what I really like about it is they're really distinguishing this Spider-Man from Peter Parker Spider-Man, and Peter Parker Spider-Man actually says, "Don't do it like me. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be Spider-Man like me. That's not a thing that you should do." And there's a couple of things that are, are really good at that. Um, Peter Parker's graphics and spider sense are in blue and red. And Miles Morales's are in green and purple. So they really distinguish on all levels how this works. Also, the way Miles Morales moves as Spider-Man is much more elegant. And the way that Peter Parker moves as Spider-Man is very energetic and jagged and kind of agile. As gangly. opposed to the thing. Gangly, yeah. But in a really kind of cool, 
quick way. Um, mm. So I really, I really like what they're doing. I'm incredibly optimistic for it, and I hope it's good. I, I think it's going to look great. But then again, I'm an avid fan of the animation. Um, <laughs> oh, such a becomer. But um, yeah, that's that's my that's my whole thing. I love I love I love an animated romp. I'm I'm not as enthusiastic as you, Ben. I, it's not that I'm not enthusiastic about it. It's just that I don't. I always get a little worried about animated animated versions of things which aren't usually animated coming out in the cinema but why is that michael well, star wars clone Are wars you if you remember once the, bitten twice shy michael uh, several times bitten uh, think of other things which aren't traditionally animated which became animated and then were released in the cinema i don't think there are that many actually now that i've started that sentence yeah but um, it was a nice thought michael it would have been a great think, way to move on i think, I think it's just star wars <laughs> <laughs> if you'd been successful there can you imagine can you imagine the clicks we would have gotten if that had been a smooth transition michael oh no it's too oh, late now such things dreams on. are made of uh yeah michael so you you recently started a little promotional campaign on our instagram by the way michael and benjamin's podcast is on instagram you can find yeah. us there leave us a comment and check out what we're reading comic book wise um, and ben we are at, at uh, we ben, are our michael and benjamin's podcast i think is what oh, we we're are at michael on, and benjamin's podcast, michael and right. benjamin's podcast. so check us out we're there um we let you know we always have a link to the latest episodes and mm-hmm. we we try and keep you updated on our, our quirky little lives michael has yeah. a great sense of humor he often engages thanks, ben. oh thanks I'm ben a, I'm I'm a moody git and I don't really yeah. participate in actual <laughs> photographs but then again I am a becomer uh, I'm too focused becomer. on either getting my first shift or my first child let it oh. go Ben <laughs> so I don't Just have move, time move for on. Instagram um, fucking becomer um, so anyway <laughs> Um, he does a little comic book roundup and it has actually reinvigorated my own love of comic books and I've been trying oh, to keep up a little bit more so thank good. you very much for that Michael I really ben, enjoy isn't, isn't uh, that why the podcast exists that is why the podcast exists because we look at all things pop culture specifically in the realm of comic book superheroes um, and very very uh I suppose literature-based comics and things like that. Uh, we're big fans, um, but this week I picked up two number ones, which I think have really kind of set a new tone for comic nope. books. One of the number ones that I picked up this week was the Immortal Hulk. Um, so, as you know, uh, the Hulk was recently Amadeus Cho um, yeah. in Marvel's attempt to engage and appease the SJW demographic. Um, they made the Hulk uh, an Asian uh, super genius um, teen. And that was totally cool. It would have been great if they had have had Amadeus Cho um, kind of irradiated in the same kind of gamma explosion and made a new Hulk. But they didn't. They took the original Hulk and they put it into Amadeus Cho. Um, which, first of all, upset... No, not like that, Michael. Come on. Um, it upset a lot of hardcore Hulk fans because that implied that Banner and the Hulk were two separate things. Um, ah, okay. And that's not traditionally, I think, how... Uh, fans look at it uh, the Hulk is very much a manifestation of uh, Bruce Banner's rage like um, Jim Gray and the Phoenix Force depending on which iteration you read Michael depending on very which iteration good. you read if you'd like to hear more of our thoughts on Jean Grey and the Phoenix Force check out last week's episode oh, yeah. boom boom episode. just hitting it straight out of the bat like, just like wham wham so many references where are we going with this anyway ben, talk about the Hulk more Michael, describe what you see as the Hulk to me. What, what do you think of the Hulk? What, who is the Hulk? He's a big just, green just man. He's yeah, a he's giant, a big green man. He's a big giant green man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very angry. He is. But he shares his body with like a super scientist man. Yeah, He's very, nerd. very timid and nerdy. Yeah. But Ben, it's very hard to make interesting team-up comics with a super nerdy science man. So yeah. when he's in the comics, he spends most of his time as the Hulk. Yeah, because nobody cares about a super science nerdy man. Um, yeah. 
Well, I think it's interesting. Over the years, they've they've kind of struggled with the Hulk. We've done we've done a bunch of different things with the Hulk. I think the most significant ones of late was probably the Ed McGuinness, uh, Jeff Loeb run, where they uh, turned him Loeb? into kind of uh, yeah Loeb. Where they turned him into a reluctant hero character. Mm-hmm. Um, they had World uh, Gladiator Hulk, which is what was referenced massively for Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Hulk on a different planet. They had World Breaker Hulk. And they've, they've always tried to come up, but they're always trying to figure out whether he's a hero Hulk. or a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, when he's a villain, he becomes massively overpowered. And as you've pointed out before on the podcast, when he's a hero, he exists to show you how strong a villain is. Yeah, uh, and I think that's really, really interesting. However, modern Hulk is completely different to the Hulk as he was imagined in his original 1962 run. He was his a original monster. 19. Yeah, he was a monster, and that's the key word I think throughout the entire thing is that he was very much a monster. Um, 1962, uh, The Incredible Hulk number one is this amazing melting pot of Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, and Stan Lee. Um, so it's like it's that dream it's that Marvel dream team mm-hmm. in the initial iteration and Stanley um, yeah oh uh, fair enough oh zing um, yeah fair enough um, but they were really trying to figure out what this monster was that they had created I think it's it's really interesting because it is such a horror comic in its mm-hmm. original run Um the Hulk is uh, a misanthrope he hates humanity um, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not puny humans that's not the way he looks at it he looks at them as like morally decayed and not worth his time one of the quotes uh, from the original comic that really stuck out to me was um why would i ever want to be human that's something right. he says to someone um and the hulk is very articulate in the original comic he's not the big dumb monster rage monster but he hates humanity and he's way more a manifestation of bruce banner's uh, misanthropy than he is a thing and he's interestingly a Hyde. huh yeah it's Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde exactly that was where the inspiration came from and he only becomes the Hulk at night yeah um, but he's come very far from that iteration except for this new immortal Hulk run and um, this is very much a return to the original characterization the Hulk is an exceptionally terrifying character in the immortal Hulk number one oh very um, good on, on two levels. One level, Al Ewing is the writer of this new run, and he has turned him into this, this nighttime Hulk again, where he only comes out at night. Um, oh. And he's way more like a, an avenging spirit. So the, the, no spoilers for the first one. Um, but Bruce Banner uh, is in the middle of a holdup. He's not committing the holdup. He gets shot. A 12-year-old girl gets shot. Um, oh and the teller gets shot in this. So what happens is Bruce Banner dies... But then when in the morgue, when the sun goes down, he comes back mm-hmm. as the Hulk. Oh, and he tracks down the, the shooter who executed the 12-year-old girl. Oh. And he begins to have a conversation with him about whether he thinks he's a good person. Um, and then what he does is he actually breaks every bone in this man's body. Oh, no. And puts him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life as punishment. Oh, God. I thought you said no spoilers. So it, it doesn't matter. You can read it and it's still fantastic because I haven't spoiled any of the dialogue that goes okay. into it. You have to read okay. it to do it. What is interesting is that uh, the opening quote is from Carl Jung um, on this comic book. Um, and the quote is, Man is, on the whole, less good than he imagines himself or wants to be. Mm. Um, so it's a really interesting kind of investigation into this and what I think is really cool Joe Bennett uh, whose art is Bennett not not the greatest art I've ever seen but his perspective is fantastic 
And for the first time in a very long time, the Hulk feels like a Hulk. He's absolutely huge. Mm. And the way they break this down is he rarely fits inside any panel that he's put in. He encompasses the whole panel and he's crouched over all the time to try and talk to humans because he's just not on their level. And he's just this. And there's an amazing double page splash page where he takes up the entire double splash page and you see it from the perspective of the guy. The guy is put in low. Fantastic art, and it really kind of reinvents this horror element of the Hulk. Um, and I just think it's absolutely fantastic. I really like that it's a return to form. And for me, it's kind of a signal that the comic book industry is in trouble and they're willing to experiment with where they go with their characters. You think the comic book industry is in trouble? Well, it's in declining sales. It's, it's still is experiencing it? a 10% drop in sales. Um, that's been ongoing that- for quite a while. Uh, it's the films and the TV shows that are making the money now yeah they're not bolstering the comic book end of things but it allows them to take more experiments like this to go back to an original horror element it's a very disturbing characterization of the Hulk Um, he's very unpleasant you can't root for this character at all oh I like the sound of this Ben Um, and it's it's amazing it's it's really cool Um, unfortunately I don't think we have time to go through my second comic book review no we do we're only at 52 Uh, minutes we're only at 52 minutes alright we'll we'll, we'll push it the other one I wrote if you can do it in 8 minutes uh, yeah, I can, absolutely. Um, sure. The other comic book that I read this week is Justice League number one uh, from Scott Schneider and Jamie Chung. Zack Schneider? Jim Chung. Z- uh, Scott Schneider. Scott Schneider. Okay. Not the Zack Schneider. Zack Schneider directs the JLA movies. Scott Schneider is the man who I think is most famous for rebooting Batman in the mm-hmm. new 52 and turning it into an absolute sensation. People adore this iteration of Batman. Um, and he has been given kind of the keys to the castle in that he gets to do JLA. And rather brilliantly i think he did a great job on this first issue um first of all how often how often is jla rebooted to issue one the last one was 2016 okay (laughs) so Uh, this is 2018 but what's interesting here is he's returned the silver age lineup um very much the bruce tim kind of animated series lineup so you have let let me guess batman one yes you have a batman classic wonder woman yep superman yep green lantern yep greg lantern no. Okay. Uh, Aquaman. Yep. Uh, Hawk Girl. Yep. Hawk Girl, even. Yep. Wow. The Flash. Yep. The Martian Manhunter is back. Yep. Oh, there you go. Here he has been seven. notably absent since the reboot, since the oh. rebirth. He has been absent, and he's back. And he is actually the central oh. focus for this issue. We see the league through Martian Manhunter's eyes. Um, oh. One of the things that fascinates me about this one. Uh, is it's a very much uh, you know the way um, Grant Morrison loves to go back and um, dip into the Silver Age and kind of modernize it and make it gritty mm-hmm. uh, Scott Schneider likes to go back to the Silver Age but he doesn't like to make it gritty so it's kind of a, a lovely homage to the original kind of comic book things for example at one point um, Martian Manhunter has to destroy the moon and he has a conversation with Batman and says Batman if you could detonate the bombs you've planted in the moon to make it easier for me. And Batman says, bombs in the... What do you mean, bombs in the moon? And he says, Bruce, we don't have time for this. And then Batman says, fine, I'll detonate the bombs. But it's, it's really interesting and it's very self-referential. And one of the, the greatest pages in it for me, and something that I think is very missing, is, is the opening splash page where we see all eight members of the core league 
working in dip in in uh yeah because we have martian manhunter hawk girl wonder woman flash uh aquaman batman superman uh, and Cyborg is in there as well. I forgot we've kept Cyborg on the team and whatnot. But what I think is really cool is we see a big splash page featuring each of these people in their own uh, environment fighting off an unknown invasion at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And they have this great banter where they're all connected telepathically. Yeah, very um, Martian Manhunter. And Flash starts to do a Batman impression. Oh, across good. this telepathic conversation. And it's just a series of people doing their own version of the Batman impression. So Clark has a Batman impression. Wonder Woman has a Batman impression. It, like they all have that's, their own. That's what nerds do when we meet yeah. up in real life. So it's very funny. And then all Batman says to any of these is, I don't sound like that. And it's really, it's quite funny. It's, but the, the art is great. It's really lively. It's really bright. It's really colorful. And it's a complete antidote to bloody dark DC cinematic universe. Um, Justice League. And I love it. I thought it was great. And the best part about it is they're going to face off against the Legion of Doom. Again, Lex oh, Luthor is back in his big green oh. suit, um, it's gonna, and it's great. Uh, Lex Luthor is a villain again. Like I said, it's very Silver Age, and it's very much in love with the Silver Age, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's absolutely fantastic, um, okay. and I really like it. I thought it was a great uh, return to form, um, and it's, it should get people back into the Justice League, because the Justice League has been notably a bit rubbish of late, and it's all been very confusing because um, we haven't had the Martian Manhunter or anything like that and he's back in full form as a member of the league Green Arrow's in there doing his usual thing it's great uh, a really nice return to comic book form so that's that's all for me uh, on that end of things but I just wanted to say thank you Michael because it's your little segment that has allowed me to, to fall back in love with comic books ah oh, great Ben um, hopefully other people too yep so that's our that's our little uh, rant for the week uh, let us know what you think um, have you read The Immortal Hulk number one have you read JLA number one do you mm. like the original roster of the thing do you like Carl Jung being quoted in comic books <laughs> uh, more importantly are you looking forward to living through a girly E.T. fantasy with Bumblebee um, yes and are you psyched for thing? But the most important question of this week's episode is, do you think becomer is the shittest term to be invented by a goddamn corporation in the last 20 years? I do. Let us know what you think down below, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all right. That's all from us. I'm off to go have my first child or possibly shift my first woman. I'm not ben, sure. Stop taking yourself personally. Stop becoming no. irate. Go fuck yourself, becomers. Okay, bye, okay, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>